The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm your host at The Visual Workplace, our radio show, where we explore and celebrate the principles and practices, concepts and tools, methods and strategies, people and results of workplace visuality, where we celebrate and talk about letting the workplace speak. In each show, we look at some aspect of that, how to embed the intelligence of our operational system, which is our intelligence, into the landscape of work through visual devices. Why? So we can reap the huge benefits of doing so and enjoy ourselves along the way, enjoy ourselves at work. What would it be like to go to work and do the dance of work, simply flow and feel this wonderful expression, which is ourselves coming out of us and into the company? our contribution, us. Hmm? What would it be like? I think that's really the big idea. I think we're supposed to enjoy ourselves at work. But in order to do so, we have to understand it, be able to move amongst the things of work with safety and flow and connectivity and a kind of shared intelligence. What would it be like to share intelligence with the floor, with the tables and benches and machines and tools for us to be in it together, a true partnership, animate, inanimate, smart, all of it. So this is what uh, the show is about. We've been uh, going into detail now for a very long time, months in fact, uh, trying to describe the outer boundary of what a visual workplace is. And the construct that I've developed over the years to do so is something called the 10 doorways. Full title is the 10 doorways into a fully functioning visual workplace. And what it is is a way of thinking through who does what, who, who makes what visual contribution and why. You see, there are six categories of visual function. And to create that functionality, you need a method. So there are six methods. And those are the first six doorways. These are doors. They belong to different organizational levels or groups. The first doorway belongs to value-add associates, whether in a bank, an accounting office, an engineering office, manufacturing, on the floor, in a hospital, dry cleaners, open pit mine, doesn't matter, belongs to the associates who add value directly 
converting the material or creating the service, delivering the service. And we call that doorway, I call it visual order, visual inventiveness. You would probably call it or some would call it 5S. It's a very robust 5S. I used to call my 5S 5S plus one. I actually still do. And what happens when operators learn the visual language, they're mostly focused on their first need, which is to know where things are. That is the first crying need in so many organizations. And that, for me, is what 5S is about. Embedding the visual wear. Embedding automatic recoil through border, home address, and if possible, an ID label. That's doorway number one, owned by operators. While that's happening, by the way, and we just spent, I think, four, two shows on this, management is putting an improvement infrastructure in place in order to make sure that the visual gains are sustainable and we can build on them and go further. Operators are engaged and they can continue thinking visually and inventing great visual devices. Peculiar visual devices, my favorite kind. Stuff that's never been seen on the planet before. Weird stuff, I like to say. Doorway number two is owned by supervisors, engineers, and managers. We call that category of visual function, visual standards. We talked about this last week. Visual standards. How do you identify complete, correct, precise, and timely standards, step-by-step procedures, and also the value spec, the attribute, and put them in a friendly visual format. We learned last week that they aren't powerful, Visual standards are not powerful, but they're an important step along the continuum. They have no power to make us do things. The third doorway is the one we're going to look at today, visual displays. That's another domain of supervisors, engineers, and managers. Talk about that in detail. Then we have visual leadership, metrics, and problem-solving, doorway number four. Visual controls and visual pull systems, doorway number five, that belongs to material handlers, engineers, supervisors, planners. You're dealing with materiel. Doorway number six is Pokioke Visual Guarantees. I like to see this owned by your quality department so that they're learning it and teaching it and helping it come along with operator involvement. How do you embed attributes into the landscape of work? Attributes that talk to each other. Doorway number seven is taking those first six methodologies or outcomes and putting them into the venue of the machine. Doorway number seven, you do the same thing, the first six into the venue of the office. Doorway number eight, oh, I'm sorry, I should be up to doorway number nine. Doorway number eight was office. Doorway number nine is a macro team that keeps its eye on connectivity between departments and between sites. And doorway number 10 is the exam award process that we developed a number of years ago, focused on really weaving a language of improvement across widespread locations. Beautiful, beautiful paradigm of application. So that's what we do. And in this show, yes, I am spending a lot of time delineating these first six doorways so that we can start having a conversation. I haven't interviewed as many practitioners and leaders and authors as I wish. And that's a function of two things. One, I travel an awful lot and it really takes a lot of prep to get an author or any practitioner involved. We have to talk once, twice, three times. We have to find out what their agenda is, what they like. We go over questions that we think will guide them towards the kind of subject matter they feel 
they want to discuss and we want to uh, we want you to know about. And it's a whole shaping process. So I squeeze some in over the holiday, Thanksgiving, <laughs> Christmas, but now I'm just really flat out. I'm not complaining. I love this work. But it does mean that um, I can't delegate this kind of work because I'm conceptualizing the show as I'm talking to people. So we'll, things will calm down in a couple of months and we'll bring others on. And, um, and I hope you'll be patient and I hope you're interested in things so far. Um, before we begin our discussion of doorway number three, I wanted to make a small announcement so that I wanted to remind you that we now offer a series of online on-demand webinars. I know many of you have emailed us and said, how do I get a hold of this stuff? I want to train my, uh, my people in visuality or my company in visuality, and it has to be affordable. And that's exactly why we created these online on-demand webinars. Currently, we have six looking at introduction, the building blocks, and then moving into doorway number one. Then we have one management one that's called the five reasons for workplace visuality. But we will soon have 20 and then we'll have 40. I figure there'll be 40 should pr- pretty much cover the universe. They're about an hour and a half long. They, are, they have action assignments and wonderful, wonderful pictures. I think the least number of pictures we have or examples, I should say, is 25 and the most is 110 in a single webinar. And they're narrated. I do the narrating. I do the teaching for you. And that means you get to learn and you get to apply and transform. These are not promotional webinars. I'm not just talking about talking about teaching and learning. These are the teaching webinars, the exact same materials I use when I present and teach my own clients or when our, um, our um, affiliates, our licensees do it. The on-demand webinars, we call them small screen are perfect for individual learning in the comfort of your own chair in front of your own computer with your own coffee cup in hand and your dog at your feet. We also offer large screen webinars for training large groups. And these can be very, very effective. When they're, they're small screen, we can make them on demand because they're turned into film, but big screen, they're full strength. And uh, if you're interested in that, you just get in touch with us and we'll figure out how to arrange for that. If I may say so myself, I think they're both excellent. The small screen on demand, you can get directly at our website, visualworkplace.com, or at our friend's work website, visualworkplace.com. Rhonda Corvera and her group uh, partnered with us in the small screen webinars. Or you can email us at radio at visualworkplace.com if you want to know more about any of this. Everything's available. That's the whole purpose, to get the word out on visual, to help you transform into visuality so you can reap the tremendous benefits. 15 to 30% increase in productivity, and I say that whether you've gone lean or not. It's huge. (laughs) It's huge. (laughs) So now on to doorway number three, visual displays, production control boards. Workplace information changes quickly and often, unpredictably sometimes. Products, products mi- product mixes, schedules, specifications, tooling, parts, methods, and the thousands upon thousands of other details on which the daily life of the enterprise depends. How can busy, often harried, crazy busy supervisors and managers stay on top of this? It's an ever-shifting mountain of detail. How can they still make sound, timely decisions? And the answer is, in my experience, visual displays, production control boards. This is a category of visual function, 
and it is called doorway number three. Visual displays are physical representations of multi-layered information in a single interactive format. Their purpose to enable us to see and understand complex information at a glance, understand status at a glance, and take correct, timely, and independent action. They get developed eye-driven. I'll be talking about this shortly. And they give us a sense and an actual control over our corner of the world, especially when the pressure is on. This is what every supervisor needs. Our poor supervisors, my hat goes off to you all around the world. You are the glue that holds the whole thing together. Here's the organization working away. It's traditional manufacturing. It's a traditional office. And suddenly some big Mackie Mac decides, let's get lean. And suddenly they take everything away from you. They take away your inventory, your people. They take away your time and you still have to do those reports. And you say, you know what? This is not what I signed up for. I don't want to progress. I don't want a great new tomorrow. I'll never get through today. My heart goes out to you. I know you by face and I know that resigned look or that desperate look, you want to do good work. You want to do good work and you are capable of it, but you need some helpmates. Visual displays. So I want to build a case for this. And if you are a supervisor listening or if you're a group of supervisor or you're a manager, I will give you at least the outline of how to begin this and you will be able to do it. There are some secrets and those secrets makes, make all the difference in the world. So we're sliding into a break now. I want to, uh, I've got some real substance to share with you and I'm going to save it until we get back. So I'll see you in a minute. I'll be here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Are you happy with the management and leadership style of your organization? Do you think it could use some improvement? No matter the level of leadership at your organization, you'll be sure to learn something new when you tune in to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Through a unique lecture and interview format, we'll bring you ideas, questions, and answers that will help you run any organization, whether for-profit or not. Listen every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Okay, so here we are. We're talking about visual displays on this the Visual Workplace Radio Show. I'm Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm delighted you're here. We're mapping through doorway number three. This is for supervisors. Visual displays. If you listened in last week, we talked about visual standards. Visual displays are a higher aspect or dimension of visual standards because they capture what's called the, the, the core questions, the six core questions. They capture this in an interactive format. Those core questions are where, what, when, who, how many, and how. But the format, instead of like a visual sta- uh, standard, which is flat, just tells you it's like a placard, clean up, clean up after yourself. I'm not your mother. It's kind of like a visual standard. <laughs> or slow down children playing. We talked about that. This one is much more highly interactive. It's got moving parts. For companies making the transition from traditional to new manufacturing or the new operations, this is also in offices, visual displays are the glue that holds the company together while it reduces its batch sizes and implements pull. In this, displays are indispensable. I've been doing this work for 30 years, and I say this, I wish I could shout it from the rooftops. Among their remarkable characteristics, displays are capable of holding vast amounts of interrelated information in real time for you as a supervisor to see and for others to see, enabling us to understand the status of a given situation in a single glance. In a single glance, because we're already visual beings, the reason that a picture is worth a thousand words is because there's a brain behind our eyes because we can pick up pattern, we can pick up connectivity that would take us two hours to explain and we know, we simply know things at a glance. We know our intuition kicks in, our intelligence, our, it's a better word for intuition so that you don't think we're in the land of woo-woo, our Perhaps you could say our knowing, our vast experience rolled up into simply knowing things kicks in. Hmm? So the eyes aren't just seeing and going through point by point trying to understand. The eye is like a camera. It goes and it picks up the whole picture and it digests it and it coughs out. What? A sound decision. Confidently made. Confidently, we take timely, appropriate, and aligned action, either as an individual, individual supervisor, or as a team. But right now, I want you to focus on supervisor. So, and, and I want you to think about this. I went into a hotel in Quincy, Illinois. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. The plane was late. And ever ready, I see this great, this little hunky-tonk uh, uh, hotel. And there's a little setup board made out of wood and some little pockets that is red and green, red and green, red and green, little cards in it. 
And I've never been in that hotel before, but I knew instantly what that was. All the red cards were rooms and they were available. And all the red cards were rooms and they were not available. I knew it at a glance. And I asked the guy in my bleariness, I said, hey, that's a cool system. He said, you know what? I begged for it. I used to have all the information in the computer. It's there now. He pulled out this read. I said, it's all here. But it takes me so long to understand what's going on. And here I can just see it. And he used these words. He said, at a glance. He said, then I know. And the housekeeper uses it too. You're not supposed to use it as a customer. But, oh, you know, it's right in front of you. So, yeah, your room is this, is this green one. Right? Those not well acquainted with the superb functionality of displays may question why displays are needed at all. They will point to the computer as a tool of choice, capable of sharing tons of information, tons more vastly than a display, faster in ever-spiraling layers of complexity and connectivity. And to that we say, yes, we know, and that is the problem. The problem is the information has no valence. There's no way to focus on what you need. You have to plow through all of that, even with the best search system. You know this is true. Our computers have not yet achieved the kind of selective functionality as a visual display has. The kind of information required to make sound decisions is information that has meaning. Meaning, context, focus, weight. (laughs) Anyone who has ever worked with computer-based information has experienced the frequent fragmentation of information that computers can create in a nanosecond. When meaning devolves into data and data devolves into minutiae, you can't find the big picture. How can you take appropriate action? The result is this kind of analysis or data paralysis And it chokes decision-making. Too much information. Here's the thing about a visual display. And ladies and gentlemen, I am not talking about a dashboard. Common, popular tool. Dashboard has its place. It's the kind of thing that will tell you we made this much. We were supposed to make this much welded feet today. We actually made this much. We had this much scrap. We had this much rework. We're off on a plus and minus. That's a dashboard. That's a report. And the important thing to know about that dashboard is that the user of that information is not you. This is the big demarcation line between visual displays that function on the level that I'm talking about as true partners in the production, in the operations process, and this kind of report that you make for your boss or your boss's boss's boss. It's just a big report. It's made large, so people call it visual. But, you know, in my book, it's only visible. It's visible. It's big. It's in my face. And I will dutifully fill it out because, you know what, I love my job and I love to pay my mortgage every month. But it doesn't help me. A visual display is created based on the owners, the supervisors, the managers, need to know. It is eye-driven. We've been discussing eye-driven from the very beginning, from our very first show. This is what I've learned. This has been one of the great gifts of my work in visuality, that it has, it has 
helped me understand what we mean by the power within, the power of the I, the power of the one. This was all just nonsense, fluffy talk. But then I see in hardcore manufacturing these displays that capture the I, meaning the, the indiv- I as an individual, not the I as invisible, although you could take, make that work a little bit as well. In a visual display, the supervisor or manager, I'm going to say supervisor throughout because those are the ones who really receive the, 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 the brunt of all of the uh, data flood and changes. They co-locate the answers to, I'll say his, his need to know. This supervisor collates, co-locates his answers on a single interactive format of everything he needs to know. Not everything you need to know. Everything he needs to know. Another way to say this is he captures his pain. I need to know where my parts are. I need to know when this is going to be done. I need to know when this submaterial is going to arrive. I need to know these things. The range is narrow because it is I-driven. Later, we move into areas of what do I need to share? And that comes pretty much automatically because every supervisor has this um, uh, community of people he shares information with and he needs information from. But to begin with, when we do a workshop, there's going to be 22, 25 supervisors in that room. We'll get the owner or the CEO to stand up in front of the room before we kick off. And that person says, I'm really excited about how the, these displays are going to help you. I've got a few rules. The first is, out of these 25 people, I need to see at least 20 displays. So a couple of you can pair up, but not many. And secondly, they all have to be different. They all have to be different because I want you to capture your pain in this display so you can track it and you can begin to lift some of the tremendous burden you are dealing with now because you simply can't get at the information you need to do the kind of job you want to do. And then CEO owner sits down and we begin our work with that very strong framework. Visual displays are not redundant in a world governed by computers. They are instead the means by which we can in real time display data from multiple sources, including but not limited to the computer, and predict their discrete and multivariant impact on the production flow. In other words, what's going to happen when this hits? (laughs) In this regard, for companies in transitions, in transition, making the transition from traditional to Um, the new manufacturing or the new operational system. Displays are powerful and they are unsurpassed in their usefulness. Displays generally start from a supervisor's own personal need to know and then after time shifts to the need to share, incorporates the need to share. Line supervisors struggle to keep track of literally dozens of data points, if not hundreds, and they're constantly changing. These in turn trigger dozens of macro and micro decisions during the course of a single work shift. Time to alert an upstream customer that the unit will arrive later than previously thought or earlier. Time to perform 
to perform an unchanged, uh, uh, an unscheduled changeover in order to compensate for that. Okay, data point. Data point, shift three assemblers over to the downstream operation where a bottleneck is beginning to form. Gosh. The second shift, and gosh, the second shift leader is not going to make it in stomach flu again. All of this. And I'm supposed to do a good job without a display that captures the latest set of data points in real time. Supervisors, planners, managers are in a constant state of fear, alert, and alarm. Don't do that to humans. It's not right. You don't do that to humans. You don't use up their physical and psychic health because of the flood of data. A state of alert and alarm because one or the other production element is or is not tipping in a favorable or unfavorable direction and they have no idea which and when or how they should respond when it actually happens. They are out of control. Supervisors are supposed to know everything, but they can't. They're defeated before they begin and they know it. That's why so many supervisors are control freaks because they think that's the only way they're going to be in control. But what we do in visual displays is we offload that onto a display. Supervisors don't have a place to turn to to know the truth. Look as you might, you can't find it. You see it moving across the distant horizon and as you move towards it, it moves away. The visual workplace is about making the truth hold still long enough for us to see it, assess it, make a sound decision, and and then take timely, appropriate action. This is exactly what displays are for in production control boards. It's just another name, production control boards. They are designed to provide snapshots of the truth across the spectrum of workplace concerns. So I hope you're excited. I've got a number of other things to say. I'll see you when um, after a break. See you in a minute. This is Gwendolyn. I'll be here. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you planned for your retirement yet? If you are a public sector employee, perhaps not. Studies have shown that employees of schools, educational institutions, governments, nonprofits, and public safety may lack the information they need to effectively prepare for retirement. 
For the answers you need, tune in to Lessons in Retirement, Retirement Planning for Public Sector Employees with host Jim Bishop, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's sure to pay off in your future. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Okay, hi. I'm really glad that you came back. I'm excited to get on to the next because I want to be more specific. So, supervisors and managers and planners create visual displays slash production control boards so they can track, for example, what needs to be done in what quantity, by one, by when, where, and by whom. Many, many different formats can hold this information. For example... Here's a simple format that was put together by the maintenance supervisor. It took three years before maintenance came out of the closet and started telling the truth. God bless them in this automotive plant. And they put up a display that was made up of 12, 15 sleeves. And they were in three rows. The work, I'm sorry, they were in four rows. The work that needed to be done, the work that was in process to be done. No, there were three rows. And the work that was late and the work that was late and they put up this display in order to announce for themselves and for others exactly where they were at and you know it's a great day when you actually know that maintenance knows that it's behind god bless them these are another group of people who are harried all the time they don't have time for the truth they're just they they just need to keep going okay and although a display will be focused on the supervisors need to know because that supervisor needed to know they serve the interests of everyone then we take ton van uden who worked at world nordbaum trail just before he retired after 30 or so years he and 25 other supervisors went through the displays workshop and i was very surprised when his display came out he was a chief of uh, chief supervisor of a very complex line of trailers called Euro Trailer Lines, and he showed this little you know piece of paper that had a few lines on it and part numbers. And he said, "I said, what's that, Tony?" He said, "This is my display that we were." He, someone, he was talking to Dutch. Somebody was translating, and all it said was, "Has the material that I need for this sort of been delivered to the line?" Yeah, yes. Or nay, no. He drew some lines. The only thing he did over the next six months was to put the paper on a board and a board on a shelf. And that display represented Tone's need to know. And the questions that were uppermost in his mind, the worry part of his mind, did the material arrive, yes or no? By contrast, his colleague, Frank Mulder, who was chief supervisor of magazine or material handling, he had... 15, 14 material handlers, inspectors, and storemen. 
working across two shifts. And Frank said, you know what? It's 1030 in the morning before I get all these details worked out about who's working when and where. And I can get to my own work. I'm always somebody who's always coming up saying, oh, I hurt my finger. Oh, the cat threw up on my shoe. Oh, my baby had a cold last night. Oh, I have to leave early. And it was making him nuts. He made a display. Column on the left had all the jobs color-coded. Next column had all 14 people. And then there were three panels by the week. Week 8, 9, and 10. And he filled it up three weeks out who was doing what. He had it all mapped out. He had that stability. And if there was a change, he and the person would go to the board that would make the change. He would know it. The person would know it. And everybody who looked would know it. It gave him what? It gave him a sense of control. And that is what we want visual to do, first of all. When we get a sense of control over our corner of the world, we begin to feel a state of psychic safety. There are few workplaces, there are some, but there are fewer and fewer where we're actually under physical risk. But the psychic risk is huge. And when we're under that kind of psychic pressure, fear, we begin to shrink. Some people get angry, other people get numb, but none of them are functioning. They're not functioning to their level of satisfaction. Managers and CEOs, you must give your harried supervisors visual displays that are eye-driven. Sit them down with a piece of paper and some pretty post-it small ones and say, here's a piece of paper, five supervisors in a room. They can't, can't uh, look alike. Make these post-its capture your need to know. So all I want you to do, I want it to be functional. Make sure to write down in the lower left-hand and lower right-hand corner when you're going to update it, exactly when, so we know when the data is true. And if you're going to do it, if you, might, you might have a second shift buddy or something of that sort. These displays do not look alike. They start with a piece of paper and some sticky notes. You do a first draft, a second draft. At Rolls-Royce, they had a requirement that you needed to go through six iterations. This is in the UK. Before you could spend money on your board. Up until then, it's just cardboard and sticky notes. Work it out. Make that display speak. Make it speak. The details of the display changes as the truth changes. Oh, splendid. That's the way it goes with supervisors. When they know what's going on at a glance, thanks to a display, you know what's going on at a glance. This creates a tremendous sense of safety and sanity and stability in the workplace, a condition that is more precious than gold. Because these three conditions, safety, sanity, and stability, open up the possibility for the great outcome of all improvement, which is a sense of unity. Unity Unity. Unity redefines profit. Okay? Unity. We are unified and aligned. Oh, wonderful displays. I remember Brenda from Sears. She needed to keep track of her part-time mothers who were coming in and out all day in her, in her customer um, kind of, um, what would you call it, a corral, bunch of desks. And there was always somebody else. And she never knew who was there, who was not there, who was expected, who was late. 
So she started mapping out first on a piece of paper and then she moved to post-its. How was she going to get that information onto a display and make it so that it was interactive? And she created a display that allowed people to come in and make and, and tell, tell her through the display that they were there. She got many, many other layers into it, out of it as well. Wonderful displays. Another display in uh, Matamoros. By the way, Autoleave Matamoros is going to be one of the three winners. I'm sorry, not Autoleave. I take that back. They acquired it. D- Deltronicos. Delphi Deltronicos in Matamoros. Oh, my God. This display is circular. It has 30 segments, like little tiny pie slices, like you would get cheesecake. Four of those slices are painted yellow. The rest are white with part numbers, and there are arrows that point to what specific machines are doing right now, which part is, is being run. The, the machine is on the arrow. The part numbers, the 28, 29 part numbers, are around the circle, and the arrow simply points. And when the machine is under repair or is down for some reason, it moves into one of the four yellow slots. Just Velcro and arrows, beautiful. And to the left and the right are the parts boards the run boards of the daily production um, Kanban pull cards. Fantastic. What we're doing in visual, in visual displays, what we're doing is creating margin for the supervisor. Visuality, as I've come to know it and love it over these decades, is an opportunity, and I think all improvement methodologies are geared for this on a very high level. They are geared to help us both embrace our identity, but also change it, become new people, become new. We create margin when we give a supervisor a display that is not a report for his boss. We give the supervisor a tool for leveraging, for finding margin in his or her everyday work, breathing room so that we're not always going 50 million miles an hour and always behind this terrible sense of failure or about to be failure tremendous stress please let's not do that anymore please let's stop let's actually be civilized and help our wonderful supervisors make a contribution without sacrificing their lives their home life their physical life their mental life let them enjoy themselves as well at work. Oh, what, a, what an idea. Supervisors are the glue and they're, they are the strength of your organization. The great supervisors are people that you reluctantly promoted from the value-add level. They're the workhorses. Hmm? So I want you to think about these things. And I, wa- I want you to think about it in a very, very wide context. I'm going to add some more things after our next break just to kind of tie things up with a ribbon. But visual displays are not dashboards. Have your dashboards, keep them. But then let your supervisors create visual displays. And then we'll get the displays to talk to each other. We'll have a whole other family of supervisors in the plant. Silent, powerful partners to our work. And we'll enjoy ourselves together, animate and inanimate. Here we are. (laughs) Talk to you in a minute.
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, hi, it's Gwendolyn. You know, I get kind of a little bit worked up on, on this stuff because it's so interesting. I want to make some points. I want to, uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, this creating margin a little bit more and also how displays work with each other. I also want to address LCD boards. And um, let me just say at the beginning, these LCD boards, these great big boards that announce what's our current uh, production, what's our level, where are we ahead, where are we behind. These are very valuable. These are like visual standards. They are up-to-the-date, but they're more dynamic because they're up-to-the-date information and they help us make sound decisions. They are very, very, very good. And they are the most functional when the organization has already gone through its transition, its transition from the old traditional approach to manufacturing, banking, hospitals, to the new operations, the new excellence in operations. But to make that transition, those display boards give us a sense of being overwhelmed because they simply just, they show us where we're failing. There's going to be a lot of red on those boards. Sometimes a display is, will stay forever in place because it is so highly functional for example, I saw displays at Flinders Medical in Adelaide, Australia a few years ago that had the name of the patient 
and then the exiting process. How do we get that patient home and what's waiting for them at home? And every day, the nursing staff and the social service staff and other key staff members would stand around that board and they would look at this various data across 20 or 30 patients. And yes, it was all covered and confidentiality was maintained, of course. And they made their decisions on that. That board will never go away. It needs to be granular. It needs to be kinetic. We need to be able to touch it. It holds the information that changes because the information will change up to the minute of now we're going to have our powwow. Maybe even during that constantly changing landscape of human endeavor and interaction. That will stay forever. But displays such as the, t- the kind I described before, where we're just trying to get control of our corner of the world, will evolve and can evolve into LCDs. But be careful. Don't skip the step of need to know based on the operator. That LCD board is a kind of amalgamation. It's, it's the vanilla that I sometimes talk to you about. It's vanilla. It's not the Cherry Garcia that's really needed the kind of granularity when the, when, when the information is dynamic, unpredictable, and even uh, scary. Okay, so be careful there. There's room for both, but I would not start with LCD boards. They, put a, they create a lot of pressure, and I, again, they show where the gap is and not. They don't give operator, uh, supervisors a sense of control. I also want to mention that... Uh, David Mann has done some really wonderful work and is creating a lean culture and talking about supervisor standard work. And he talks about visual controls. And his standard work is put on a kind of visual display. He uses the wrong word, but everything about him, everything else about him is perfect. It's not a visual control unless it actually controls our behavior. It's a visual display or it's a, it's a, um, it's a board that maps out the standard work. And I think that's very, very important the value of that. I could have talked about David Mann last week when we were talking about visual standards, but here we're talking about the plight of the supervisor. And it is important for those supervisors to know what they're doing, but it is also important for them to be driving improvement for themselves. And first they have to see where they need to improve. This is their need to know. So I want to mention that. I also want you to know that these boards can start talking to each other. We did a wonderful rollout of displays with the metals group over at Lifetime Products in Utah. Uh, Ted Esplin, Brent Allen uh, were in charge. And Preston Winter, who's this uh, uh, young supervisor engineer, what a dynamite brain he had. He was in charge of displays. He was the coordinator of displays um, on the operator on the operations level. He was in charge of all of the supervisors and managers. He ran the operations. And he worked those displays so they began to really talk to each other. I'm hoping that we'll have a public seminar there sometime during this next year. And those of you who are nearby or are interested can come and see these displays talk to each other. When the displays start talking to each other, what happens then is the metrics will pop out. You'll start seeing real-time metrics that have local power. They are important for the local environment. Whatever your KPIs are, whatever you're reporting to the CEO or to the operations VP, the granularity happens, the step down happens. 
on this very local level, and these displays will capture that because you know every pain that the uh, that the supervisor has is some formulation of a KPI. Can't get it to happen. Can't get the changeovers to happen. Can't get the material to show up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So be alert to that. There are a lot of your you supervisors and CEOs and plant managers who know that displays are important. I got a call about eight months ago. No, it was almost a year ago now to go to Romania and work with a brand new plant. This guy really knew that displays could help him. He was from Texas, but his senior management wasn't in tune with that yet. They saw displays as just a report and they didn't see how it could help them. I was very, very impressed by how much he knew that the need to know was what was missing from his plant in a visible and powerful way. So what we want supervisors to become is not more of who they are today, which is running after detail and killing themselves. We want to achieve enough margin for them to become the leaders of improvement that they're capable of. Expediting, so-called managing, is only one aspect of the supervisor's role. But his real job description, her real job description, is to be a leader of improvement, not a manager or a supervisor, but a leader of improvement. And that means the expediting of logistics and the managing part needs to be really nailed. We'll spend a whole show, I'm ho- I think, maybe we'll need two or three shows when we start talking about visual leadership and this whole idea of supervisors and managers becoming leaders of improvement. I remember I was in Japan in 1984-85 and I, somebody asked in our group for description of managers and uh, the person, Japanese host said, we don't have any managers here. And they said, we have leaders of improvement. That, I mean, it changed, it changed my whole thinking and that was almost 30 years ago. I'll have other things to say to you to share with you about uh, managers. And also, this is going to be part of my new book, Visual Leadership. It's not an easy book. It's the first book I'm, I have six books on visuality. This one's a hard one. Okay, thank you very much. I had a wonderful time with you today. I hope you found this instructive. I would love to hear from more of you. Radio at visualworkplace.com or Gwendolyn at visualworkplace.com. Let me hear from you. I'd love to know what I'm doing right, wrong, or indifferent and what you want more of and how you're doing and what you think about the visual workplace. So this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm signing off until the next time. Thank you very, very much for listening. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.